Good evening, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Oilers Nation After Dark. My name is Connor Halley. Great show coming up for you to talk about a great Oilers victory as the Oilers take down the Buffalo Sabres 3-2 to two in Buffalo. Now for the Edmonton Oilers, an off day, another off day. Then on Thursday, they're back in action. They'll be in Boston to take on the Bruins. Should be another fantastic matchup. But we're going to break down exactly what happened tonight as the Oilers cruise to a 3-2 victory, as I mentioned. We'll be joined by Cam. We've also got Jay Bull from Oilers Nation. And uh, we've got Gavin, the interim, as well, or the intern who will join us also running things behind the scenes. Uh, we'll get to the good, the bad, the oily in a minute here, brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. But as we like to do, we'll do a quick rundown of exactly what happened in this one. Of course, if you're watching on YouTube, hello, how you doing? Thank you for tuning in. I see Troy, Loomis, uh, Lance, QF Pro, Ewan, Cato. Good to see everyone. Uh, hopefully, we'll have a few more people jumping in soon. Rusty, I see you. Make sure you hit that like button if you're on Facebook. Hit the like button as well. And if you're watching on Twitter, how about a, how about a retweet? Show people that we're out here. Let them know. Tell a friend. And uh, we'll get going here with a quick rundown of what happened as the Edmonton Oilers, as I mentioned, big 3-2 win up against the Buffalo Sabres. Connor McDavid getting things going. A good play by Cody Cease. He had to keep the puck in. Uh, McLeod makes a great play, uh, takes the shot on net. We love to see those shots. And then uh, Connor McDavid, heady play, gets the puck from behind the net, wraps it around, giving the Oilers a one nothing lead. Uh, Jeff Skinner would beat Stuart Skinner on the power play to make it a 1-1 game. That's where we were after 20 minutes in the second period. Uh, just a heck of an effort from the Oilers' fourth line for Derek Ryan to get his 11th goal of the season. Devin Shore, fantastic work. Wearing number 19, looking like Joe Sackick out there. Darnell Nurse picks up an assist on the play as well. Oilers lead 2-1 heading into the third period. Jason Greger had the stat. After 40 minutes when the Oilers are leading, they had a record of 22-1-5. and the Buffalo Sabres went trailing a record of three and 21. So if history meant anything, a good sign for the Edmonton Oilers, but history means nothing. Dylan Cousins would tie the game up at two apiece. Uh, nice finish by Cousins there. His 24th goal of the season, uh, up and cover for sure in the NHL, but Connor McDavid would score his 54th goal of the season to give the Oilers a three, two lead. There was a no goal mixed in there as well uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. We're at Ryan Nugent Hopkins called back on the Kyler Yamamoto offside play, but uh, that would be it for the, the game tonight. Oilers win three, two Connor McDavid with that goal. A new career high in points, 124. He had 123 last year. This year, he does it in only 65 games played. So, Connor McDavid continuing to do what only he can do at the NHL level. The Oilers improving to 35, 22, and 8. They now have 78 points on the season. We'll take a look at these standings later on in the show to let you know where we're at. A Stuart Skinner, great between the pipes, 36 saves on 38 shots. In the last five minutes when they were up by a goal, uh, he had a big save on Labushkin. He had a big save on Middlestad to preserve the victory. And uh, that's that's the one thing I think we did not see from Jack Campbell. When they needed a big save, it wasn't there. Stuart Skinner, on the other hand, has made those big saves to keep his team within striking distance or on top or at the tie. He makes those big saves when they need them. Okay, let's get to the good, the bad, the oily brought to you by Cornerstone Insurance. 
Cornerstone Insurance Brokers, Edmonton's a premier boutique insurance brokerage with over 90 years of success and still growing. Visit cornerstoneins.ca slash nation to get an online tenant or condo insurance quote in just a few minutes and use discount code nation for an exclusive rate. Find out why Cornerstone Insurance Brokers is ranked amongst the best in Alberta. And for the good, the bad, the oily, we bring in Cam. Cam, uh, thanks a lot for doing this tonight. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing, Connor? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, a, a lot more enjoyable doing these things after an Oilers victory. So uh, happy to do it tonight. And again, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Same with Facebook. Lots of comments coming on Facebook. Uh, Jessica, woohoo, two points for us. Uh, Mark Skinner kept them in the game and their defense was brutal. Yeah, there was certainly a stretch where uh, the ice tilted and Buffalo was really pressuring. Skinner did the job. And Justin says, would have been 7-3 Buffalo if Campbell was in net. Great game by both goalies. Yeah, we got to give Craig Anderson some credit. He was playing very well tonight and uh jack cam was going to take some fire and take some shots even though he did not play that's just how it goes all right cam uh let's get to the good and uh to start things off for the good fourth line effort and you know we'll go right back to that Derek ryan goal uh costin ryan shore the effort they put in uh, a couple different times but when it leads to the goal it's always nice Derek ryan gets his 11th and i'll tell you 19 looks so much better than 14 on devin shore yeah, you mentioned that when you were starting the show up, you said uh, Devin Shore is looking a little bit like Joe Sackick out there. And I mean, I think that's a pretty apt comparison. He was ripping around the <laughs> offensive zone, uh, contributing, looked lethal in there. I mean, the bottom six in general has been kind of a challenge for the Oilers this season. They've had a difficult time finding depth scoring their bottom six. I mean, um, the bottom two lines, we talk about it year in, year out. It's always a challenge to outscore the opponents, and they've really got a group right now that's rolling. I really like the game that Warren Fogel played today as well. Nick Bugstad's fitting in really nicely as well, adds some strength, some size down low in the offensive zone, crashes the net. There's a lot to like here in the uh, bottom two lines. Nick Bugstad, uh, 100% in the faceoff circle. And went out there and won some crucial draws in this game that, you know, we've seen the Oilers lose draws and it quickly end up in the back of their own net. So Bustad, big for that, uh, starting to show the size, leaning on guys. Good point there. We shouldn't say fourth line. We should get some credit to the third line as well because they Bottom were six also good it's today. A, it's like a whole different unit now. It looks they're moving the game in a completely different direction. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. Okay. Uh, with the good comes the bad. And, uh, you know, all in all, not not too many things to point out. Uh, as we had someone say, you know, there was a point where Buffalo did kind of take over the game. Skinner was playing well, but we're going to go with the disallowed goals in this one. And Zach Hyman, for once, you are not guilty on this one. It was Kyler Yamamoto unable to stretch. You know, had he been five foot eleven, maybe he's able to. But uh, unfortunately for the Oilers, there was another one later on in the game. I think it was Leon Drysaddle who was offside. But um, the disallowed goals and a night when you win three two and there wasn't too much to complain about. This is what we're going to go with. Yeah, I mean, we're reaching pretty far here. There really wasn't too much negative. There's a lot more to like about this game than not to like the offside call. I get it. That's a pain in the ass. But I mean, it's not it's not the kind of thing that anybody really loves to see. It's not like Yamamoto was tremendously involved in the play. Maybe it's not necessarily what the rule should be going for. But this is where we're at. We're, I think if you're Zach Hyman, you kind of just expect it by now. It's just kind of an inevitability every three or four games. You're just going to have a goal called back for some reason. So, I mean, I wonder if that's in his mind when he buries the puck into the back of the net. He's like, oh, geez, what are the odds? This just gets called back. This happens almost every few games for me. I think he's just used to it by now. I'd love if there was like a way we could dig up the stat as to who's had the most disallowed goals in a season, because I feel like he's definitely up there. There's at least like six or seven times that's happened this year. 
A hundred percent. I mean, it was almost comedic at times because it would be, you know, a stretch there, two or three games were just continue to happen. And yeah, I mean, it, it's a bit of a stretch here, but let us know in the chat. What what should have been the bad? What bugged you about tonight's game? Uh, we've got uh, in the chat there, Tim says, hi, Connor. Hey, Tim, thank you for tuning in to the show tonight. Uh, all right, let's get to the oily. And for the oily on this fine evening, McDavid multi-goal games. And uh, I mean, you just go back and forget those two games against Winnipeg where he just had four assists. 4-2 uh, win over Philly, two goals. 7-2 win over the Penguins, two goals. The losses to the Bruins and the Blue Jackets, two goals in each, two goals against the Maple Leafs, and then another two goals tonight. Like when he's on like this, it it's unbelievable. It's something we really haven't seen. Well, I don't think I've ever seen a guy this dominant in this sort of a stretch in, in my lifetime. No, it's crazy to see. It's it's kind of funny to think about this, what's going on right now, and then think back to the start of the season. Think about like September when people are making preseason predictions, and it's like, oh, geez, can Connor McDavid break the 50-goal plateau for the first time? It's like, oh, geez, maybe he could. Maybe he won't. This is like a, a thing that could happen. And here we are now. We're a week into March, and he's already at 54 goals. He's operating at a two-goal-per-game pace over the past few weeks. It looks like the guy is somehow going to find his way to hit seven it's absolutely insane it's it's wild to wrap your head around yeah it, it really is and especially when he's starting to score those goals off the rush uh, and and not taking it to the net deking like shooting from further out just adding another element and i don't know how, if you're an nhl defenseman how you slow him down i mean i've said it before but you know you try to close the gap on him he's going to go around you uh you step off too far he could still go around you but he's still going to unleash that shot like right now it's almost indefensible when it comes to Connor mcdavid and the things that he can do uh austin says coming in hot from flan flan what's going down fellas is that a typo for flin flan that's either way it's got to be this is a place Jessica. called flan flan i'm not aware of i don't know there if what are the odds of there being a flin flan and a flan flan that would be something jessica says it's so awesome yeah it's a fun one uh on youtube here some stranger 54 goals already unreal uh, the oily Hyman loses another goal. Yeah, guilty on that empty netter there. Uh, someone says, I think it was Lance, had him at about 10 disallowed goals. So it's just a trend for, for Zach Hyman. And as Gavin said, children's authors should not have that goal against them. Okay, uh, I believe we've got Jay joining us here as well. We will welcome him in tonight. Jay, good evening. How are you doing? Good evening, boys. Doing great. My, uh, my daughter was uh, having some issues going down, so that's why I'm late joining the call. She was riled up from uh, that big victory in Buffalo. Now, with the, the little ones, Jay, five thirty starts. You let them watch the whole game. Is there is there a cutoff for that? Oh yeah. Well, even I even try to get her to watch the eight thirty starts too, but uh, <laughs> I can't get her to get past maybe puck drop. Is probably the if she can see that, that's a win. Uh, Jay, tonight are good for the good, the bad, the oily presented by Cornerstone insurance was the fourth line and uh, Cam made a really good point, kind of extend that to the bottom six. So what did you make of their effort tonight? And then capitalizing, getting a goal with Derek Ryan. Well, they just didn't stop. They, uh, they had their legs. They brought their, uh, lunch pails and hard helmets and their steel toe boots to Buffalo and just went to work. Uh, and it's amazing when you put in an effort and grind down the other, uh, other team what that can lead to. So that shift, like they had them hemmed in for like two minutes. Like it was, <laughs> it was destiny. Like they were going to score there and it was very good to see them do that. So, you know, if, if those guys can buzz around like that, like 
that that gives Connor some time to breathe. You know, that gives time for the big guns to breathe. So whether they score or not, if they can just dominate play like that and just make the other team have to work hard and wear them down, like if, if they score or not, that's a win. But they did. And deservingly so. So no, I thought they were, I thought it was fantastic. So got me, got me amped up. And you know, as to go into the playoffs, it's those that type of hockey is what uh, you know leads to victory. So, hundred percent, yeah. Stretch that out to a best of seven series. That's going to wear teams down if you can keep that up. Uh, Cam, how about uh, the Dry Settle Nuge Yamamoto line? What did you make of their play as of late? We we know they had that great run a couple of years ago. I thought tonight they played okay. I had a goal that was disallowed, but just prior to that that goal from Derek Ryan, they had a great shift as well, keeping Buffalo hemmed in. I think the key to the duo really is it's uh, Drysdale and Nugent Hopkins together as the duo. There's been plenty of talk forever about how both those players fit onto Connor McDavid's left wing, whether it's the stacking the big two together, putting Nugent Hopkins there. He plays a great two-way game. He passes super well, but you're stacking up your second and third best forwards there together. And then, I mean, if you're a team like the Sabres, how do you go ahead and try and shut down that line and then put all your effort into that? And then all of a sudden you have Connor McDavid leading his own line. And then how do you shut down that on top? And then circling back to what we talked about before, you also have a bottom six that's actually moving things in the right direction, getting shots on net, hemming them deep into the zone. It's just pretty much a nonstop onslaught. So that's why I've always been a fan of doing the Nugent Hopkins dry sidle thing with McDavid doing his own line. That's how I think you make the Oilers the deepest they can be. What do you think about that, Jay? Uh, you agree with that? Oh, one hundred percent. I'm just, I'm just thinking about all, so many things uh, on top of what uh, Coom had to say about uh, what made that game so, so happening. But just specifically about that line again. Yeah, oh man. Like, man, like the guy should have like 10 goals and it's some of it's like they're, they're tough to pull off, but you know, he's getting himself into areas being on that line again, you know, those boys are finding him again. So I think it's just a matter of time before we start kind of seeing Yamo starting to convert more because my Lord, is he getting lots of chances? So that's good. Cause that line's creating, uh, we need to get Yamo going. He's so aggressive on the four check. Like that guy is just after like he doesn't let you breathe right so he is out there for checking stripping pucks from guys creating opportunities and getting some transition going so once that guy gets a little bit of scoring touch it's going to be real nice to see so i'm 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 vibing that line and i totally agree the the duo of dry and nuge is 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 just wonderful and obviously you know nuge is having a quite the season himself so those two smart cats playing together and yamo figuring out how to put it in the net we'll start seeing that uh, line click like they did a few years ago uh bass on facebook says when is kane back uh ken holland told us before he'd make the trip uh wouldn't play tonight could be back thursday maybe saturday for sure but uh yeah vander kane getting closer to returning which could be great could push uh, more guys a little further a bit down the lineup uh kind of a an interesting stat here just looking at the time on the ice no oilers forward played over 20 minutes tonight so uh that kind of just echoes what we said about the oilers bottom six obviously in a tight game jay woodcroft having confidence to roll four lines try to even it out just a little bit uh before you got on here jay we were talking about Nick Bukestad and what you know he did tonight. He was 100% in the face-off circle, winning key draws in his own end. Um, maybe, a, I mean, it was a name that was quite popular, I think, but that could have been a sneaky good acquisition by Ken Holland, especially once you get into the playoffs and, you know, you need to win those key draws. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's winning draws goes a long way, but it's also, you know, I was kind of critical of Nick Bukestad, maybe because I didn't know enough about him, but like, he's also 
he's very, he's a very kind of smart and sneaky defensive hockey player uh, and kind of going in and winning little battles here and there. Like there's a lot of little things to his game. Obviously the dots very important, but that I'm noticing. And also the fact that he's got a long stick, he's a big boy um, allows him to cover some ice with not having to move too much. So it makes, you know, adds to kind of the defensive side of his game because he knows that he used that stick of his. So, yeah, no, I think it's sneaky good. And, you know, he plays that type of game um, that, when it, you know, if, 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 if we need to clamp it down, he's going to be one of the, you know, reasons why we can clamp it down uh, in, from the forward position. So, yeah, I'm, I've, been, I've been liking him. Anything stand out to you, Cam, about his game? I kind of remember when Bugzab was with the Florida Panthers, he was kind of supposed to be their big second-line center behind Alex Barkov, and they thought, okay, we have these huge two-way guys up the middle, but Bugzab had a hard time handling the load of the second-line center. And since he's kind of revitalized his career down in Arizona, he's you know he thrives on the wing. He can play center in the bottom six. He kind of fits more in that role, and that's where I think – if you're a team like the Oilers, they have quite a bit of depth and he fits so nicely in the bottom six. They really needed somebody that had in their forward group. When you get rid of Jesse Pugliarvi, I understand he's a controversial player one way or the other, whether you like his game, whether you like the analytics or not. But I think we could all agree that he's a big guy who forechecked well. So as soon as you got rid of that, you had to go and add someone who brings that same element. And I think Bugstad does with also the, maybe the stronger defensive element, the ability to take face-offs. That's what Pugliarvi didn't have necessarily in his defensive game. So it was a necessary addition for the Oilers to make, and it's looked like a very good fit thus far. More of a toolkit. That's what you're saying, Coom. He's got yeah, more right. of a toolkit. Yeah. I said, I, I went the scenic route with, with saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Okay. Uh, Facebook talking right now. Uh, Quincy says Skinner was awesome once again. Stuart Skinner, yeah, 36 saves on the night. Uh, I talked about it. Uh, had the big save on Labushkin and then Middlestad in the final five minutes. Um, just making those big saves when you need them. Dwayne says, I'm loving 72. Yeah, let's hope it continues. Uh, 10 for 10 in the faceoff circle tonight. Um, well, let's go with this one here. Just because we did mention Evander Kane might play Thursday, might play Saturday, but will make his return in one of those games from the rib injury. Where do you slot him in, Jay? I mean, I, I have a pretty good guess where I do, but uh, in the chat, the discussion's going on there. I'll also let us know where do you think he goes in the lineup. But uh, when Evander Kane returns, Jay, where do you have him? Um, first line left wing seems pretty I'm obvious. Plays offside. What do you think, Cam? I'd put Hyman on the right side, Kane on the on the left, and then I'd just put McLeod back on the third line. But yeah, Bugstad right now is the center between Vogel and Janmark. So I guess just push Janmark down. I think Vogel's been really good. Still warrants third mm-hmm. line minutes. Yeah, it's a pretty Sorry, good problem I need to, to have. Clarify. Hyman's offside is his right side. Well, he's a right-handed shot, but he, but he loves playing the left side. He likes yeah, yeah, left side. Yeah, yeah. So right technically is offside, but it's his onside. Kind of a weird player that way. But I put Hyman on the right, Kane on the left. No, I like to do that when I create a player in NHL. So I, I get what Zach Hyman's doing here. Yeah, I mean, to me, that that's kind of great to have. If Evander Kane's ready to go, you insert him right into the lineup on that left side. Uh, brings that swagger back, that confidence, another guy you can finish. Uh, I was glad to see Ryan McLeod getting a, get an assist tonight playing on that top unit. But yeah, um, I, I totally agree with you guys. Uh, and Warren Fogle, you kind of mentioned him there uh, quickly. But yeah, I like what Warren Fogle has done as of late as well, too. Maybe simplifying his game a little bit, just taking advantage of... Uh, 
of like exactly what you know what his skill set is and uh cam on our chat are you here have a really good point here taking on the boston bruins physical team uh evander kane could be a a big addition for that one yeah, I was just kind of thinking about the Bruins game coming up and they already had Jake DeBrus, good power forward, or these fans obviously know quite well, but then they've also gone and acquired Tyler Bertuzzi, another good power forward, a guy who we saw in those games against Detroit right around the all-star break as a pain in the ass to play with. So the Bruins are going to have those two guys going and it'd be real nice for the others if Evander Kane was back in the mix for that game because that could be a, those are two guys that are a pain in the ass to deal with. Yeah, 100%. And you also know Bertuzzi and Kane have a you know a little bit of a history brewing this year. So I think it's important that, you know, if obviously he's feeling good enough to come back, that would be a very nice game to have him come back in. Uh, Kenneth Mark Holland has a line. Uh, Hallie, Jay, Cam, that's left to right. So, Jay, you're centering uh, the two of us, Gavin and Nett. I mean, I'm I don't know. We're in the dot. I am so bad in the dot. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like Nuge in his first three years in the league, bad in the dot. Yeah, we'll just crash it in there. Try to try to help you out, muck it up yeah, a little well, bit. Yeah, well, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, Lance says, I'm not afraid of the old man Bruins. Uh, I, I, I mean, the Boston Bruins, what they've done this season has been incredible. We've heard some people on the day job say that, is that going to translate into the playoffs? Will it be some fatigue? I don't know, Cam. Like, I, I think you got to put some respect on the Bruins' name for what they've done this year. And, you know, I, I like what they've done off the ice as well, being aggressive and adding, like, well, yeah, we're great, but let's make this a Stanley Cup contender. Legit. Yeah, I have a hard time. Uh, for some reason, I just look at it, and I think of these teams that put up these ridiculously good records and then go into the first round, and they haven't played a meaningful game in months. And that's what the challenge is. Like you think about Tampa Bay Lightning back in, uh, what was that, 2019, 2018, 19? They had the, like, one, yeah, they lose to Columbus in four games. Even the, um, the 06 Red Wings, like they were, they, they won the President's Trophy by a mile and the Oilers beat them in six games in the first round. No, I, I think the 06 Oilers were better than your normal eight seed, but you just see a team like this that hasn't played a meaningful game since like October, November. And it's hard to get yourself geared up. I mean, the Bruins are what they're doing this regular season is insane. And to do it over that amount of time is incredible. But I don't know. I wouldn't I truly wouldn't be shocked if they got stunned in the first round by a weird team. Like you had all these Buffaloes and Ottawa's and teams like that that are fighting to get in. Maybe they just ride the momentum and beat the Bruins. Yeah, I mean, the the race right now in the East is interesting. Like the divisions are kind of locked up. But then you look at the wild card and it's going to be a hell of a battle down the stretch. Uh Jay, when you look at Vinny Dayarnay, first game for him, not with seven defensemen, uh, got like 16 minutes of playing time. Uh, what did you like about what he brought to the game tonight? You know, I'm, I'm a big Vinny guy. Uh, last couple of games have not been his best. Uh, definitely kind of like fell down from earth because, you know, it was Vinny. Vinny's in, we win. Um and so that kind of, you know, corrected itself the last couple of games. But I thought this was a good bounce back game. There's still, you know, a couple little, you know, slip ups there, um, but didn't lead to anything too dangerous. But, uh, you know, he him and Greenway had that good battle going all game. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't going to stand down from that. And that's, you know, that's good, you know, emotional support for the team amongst other things. So, you know, you didn't really notice him too much, except for where he slipped up just a little bit uh, throughout the game. So, if you know not being seen as a good thing. And anytime there was physicality, uh, he was not standing down and, you know, most of the time leading the charge on that. So, you know, I like the, I like that uh, physicality threat that uh, Vinny brings, uh, but he also, it's interesting. Like 
is what, 26? 26, you know, 27. He's, he's an NHL rookie, Calder candidate. And, uh, you know, he just plays a simple game that, you know, we sometimes need in our defensive zone. Uh, you know, off the glass, simple play out, you know, kind of calm, poised, but, you know, also in front of the net, a real prick. And we need that as well. Yeah, 26 for Vinny. He'll turn 27 May 29th, and I totally agree. There's nothing wrong with having a guy who plays a simple game, uh, can calm things down out there, especially with the size and just that intimidation factor that he can bring when needed. I, I think it's it's great to have. Um, I mean, just looking at the YouTube chat here, and it's uh, going back to the Evander Kane question. I feel like that might have been the most obvious question of all time. Everyone's saying left wing, top line, put him beside McDavid, and he, you know, you go from there. It, it, it's pretty simple. Uh, Facebook says, oh, Norm, oh crap. Good evening, Connor and guests. Uh, great show. Thanks for tuning in, Norm. Um, Quincy says, We don't talk with the Flames in here because it was mentioned that they took a 4 2 lead over the Stars. Yeah, you don't look at. Don't, yeah, my bad. Don't look at the rear view. Um, don't worry about them. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to go on a run. We'll see. Um, goaltending tonight. Uh, Jay, I don't know if we asked you about that. Stuart Skinner. I mean, I know I rambled about it, but making big saves and big moments, keeping his team in this game. Uh, the Oilers couldn't extend it beyond a two goal lead, but uh, Stuart Skinner continues to look calm, cool, and collected. Man, if it was another goalie in net, we probably wouldn't win that game. <laughs> Like there was a lot of really good chances. Like Buffalo was creating Buffalo's a good team. And that is, this is what you get when you get solid goaltending. Like, yeah, we did, you know, we put up three and you know what? Three should be enough 50% of the time. Uh, and the fact that we we're able to put up three in a, in a, in a tighter game uh, and still, you know, we let them create a lot of high danger chances uh, and have them make those saves when we need it. Like, He's, he's a big, big, big reason why we won that game. So that was really reassuring after the, um, you know, the beating we took in, in Winnipeg, uh, just to, you know, have him jump in and, you know, I, I won't say steal a game, but just, you know, just a solid effort from the team, but just him being solid, what that does, I guess we're not used to, we're just used to just getting absolutely lit up and having to put up six. And we're just happy that we won, that we put up six and kind of just move on to the next game. But like, this is just what like good goaltending is. Um, so very reassuring. So super pumped for Skinner, especially as we're on kind of the stretch into the in the, the playoff run here. So that was very reassuring to see because I don't know if the other guy is in, if we pull that one off. Yeah, I mean, a guy who just simply went out and did his job, right? Got you the yeah. win. It's a 3-2 league. He did what he had to do. Uh, I mean, if you were throwing money down at Betway tonight, you probably would have thought to go over with these two teams meeting. But I tell you, whenever Stuart Skinner bet the under, use Betway 19 plus do so responsibly. So, Cam, uh, when do we see Jack Campbell back in there? I think uh, I think we all probably agree Skinner can go on Thursday. He can probably go on Saturday. Fatigue shouldn't be an issue. I mean, when when? Because I don't. I mean. There's not a lot of positivity right now when it comes to Jack Campbell. No, it's really tough. It's a weird situation because as far as I know, they can't stash him in the AHL right now because they have that rule for teams with the playoffs. You can't load up your AHL roster. So since he wasn't on the AHL roster, you can't stash him. So, I mean, you don't want to run Skinner into the ground before the playoffs and have him be totally burnt out having played, you know, 17 of 18 games down the stretch. That's not ideal, but you're also still jockeying for playoff position. You can still win the Pacific division 
if all things go well, you know, you still have two games against Vegas, two games against LA, one against Seattle, you know, you do really well in those head to heads, you might win the Pacific. So I guess you just look for the games against the bad teams, but you look at the schedule, there aren't many bad teams coming up, unfortunately, the next surefire non-playoff team is March the 20th against San Jose. And you got about seven games in between now and then. So you're going to have to throw them into a game against a good team somewhere. So I would do it in Toronto on Saturday because he played there. So it's a, we're going to give him a chance Dude, to be, that it's, is it's, it's a tough challenge, but we got to go he, and win that game. Why even, why well, even because, give them a chance? Cause there's so many games coming up that you're going to have to use Skinner. And after that, that it's like, look, if there's any game that Jack Campbell's just going to inexplicably do well in, it's one where he's trying to show <laughs> up the leaves. Okay. Say. So let me, let me just get this in here. That's the nation vacation out in Toronto. Correct. Powered, powered by AMA travel. Jay, you're walking into the game. You had a nice dinner. You've had a few beers. You look, and Jack Campbell leads the Oilers onto the ice. What's going through your mind? I Well, I'll tell you the buzz that I accumulated over dinner is immediately gone. At least you can uh, buy cheap beers at the game. Uh, yeah, exactly. And I'm moving into mortgage your house territory for <laughs> beer. Uh, oh, man. No, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. I just had a good meal, Connor. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm vibing. I'm, I'm, I'm in Toronto to watch the Oilers and Hockey Night in Canada. Just had a great meal with some friends and some fellow citizens. And I'm going to go and find that out. No, 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 no. I'll be stressed the whole time. And in hindsight, if he wins, then I'll be, you know, singing his praises. And that's 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 the roller coaster ride we live in. But if it's Skinner, I'll feel a lot more confident going into that game. I'm a t- I'm totally with you. I mean, I, I'm totally good with Skinner the next two nights, assuming it all goes well. Uh, let us know in the chat here on YouTube. When do you think Stuart Skinner gets his next start? Uh, Cam, are you st- going to stick with Saturday against Toronto? Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing to try, but sometimes things just make sense in your head, and that's where I'm at right now. <laughs> okay, Jay, so I have to ask you then. So it's Bruins, Leafs. Tuesday, the Oilers are back home against Ottawa. Would that be... Jack Campbell, you know that one. I, w- I would lean more, to more, more towards that one and give uh, Skinner the the night off, and then we play what Thursday, Saturday, Stars, Kraken. Yeah, I'd say I'd probably circle the Sens and then bring Campbell back on the twentieth against the Sharks or the twenty second against the Coyotes. Um. Oh yeah, we would do that. Yeah. So I honestly think like maybe. If he paid, played like three, I don't know if we have any more back-to-backs. I'm just looking at the schedule here. We do have okay. And the so Suns are on fire too. More games, maybe four on the high side between now and the end of the season. Maybe I think three. Three is a good number. Slot them in where you think three games. Back, the back-to-back nights, March 27th, 28th against uh, Vegas and Arizona, and then slot them in against the Sharks and the Senators or wherever you see some competition for him we get some reps in because right now we know we're going skinner in the playoffs so there's no we don't you know we're done trying to get jack back on the rails just like get him go through the motions to give skinner a rest when needed to get him ready for playoffs and that's it uh, brett on facebook says that let skinner go till he loses i'd say campbell would be more fired up coming in after a loss coming in a roll he's going to feel the pressure before puck drops Ah, the pressure word. It makes some guys crack. So, Brian, well, go ahead. No, no, the pressure word, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 
it he, he's kind of an interesting guy. I mean, in his post game scrums, he'll admit like it is. I know I'm playing awful. It sucks. Like it's it, he's interesting. When he gets good, he's great. I mean, I'm just looking at a tweet here from Brian Swain from January 1st to February 12th. Uh, Jack Campbell won nine straight starts. When Stuart Skinner started, there was only one win. Uh, from February 13th to tonight, Campbell started five games, zero wins. Skinner started six games with five wins. So it's it's ridiculous that they can't just get consistently good goaltending from both sides. But I guess at least one guy is uh, playing a little bit better in those so situations. Yeah, yeah. Interesting how that works. Kind of no hot guys. <laughs> very true was was that kind of a situation last year as well with Koskinen and Mike Smith like it seemed like when one was on one was off and yeah there was, I don't a, stretch. Know. There was a stretch for a while there there was um this was right before Dave Tippett got fired it was both of them were terrible in January if I recall correctly I remember Smith came back from the injury and just <laughs> was completely zonked I remember there was that like New Year's Day game or something against New Jersey and he was allowing shots from everywhere and then Koskinen would come in first shot would be in the net and it was just a nightmare. And then they changed the coaches and it all kind of sorted itself out. It's so nice to see Calgary going through the first shot. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> wave that we, like we went through. I, I, I feel, I, I should feel empathy, but I don't No. <laughs> no, I, no, I don't, I don't blame you for that one. Uh, why don't we bring in uh, Gavin, the intern here, our producer for the night to get some predictions here. So as we do here, um, see which way I'm pointing. We'll start off with Gavin and we'll get uh, one Betway prediction. So something you might sprinkle some cash on and then one prediction for the score Thursday against the Boston Bruins. So I hit the McDavid two goals or more tonight. So I guess that uh, on our show uh, previously, so I'm going to hit, I'm going to go with that again. And then I think it's going to be another low scoring game because obviously all marks the best goal in the league right now. So I'm going to go to one Oilers going to remain optimistic. That would be a, a massive win for the Oilers. All right, Cam. I don't know. There we go. Let's go down to Cam. That's a tough one. I don't know. They're going into Boston. The Bruins are real good. Uh, I don't want to predict the Oilers losing on the show. That feels like a bad vibe. So I'm going to go and predict something completely insane, which is a one nothing win. Ooh, for shout out. I love it. Love it. But who's counting? And then, uh, yeah, and then they can't uh, they can't play Campbell in Toronto after that. So I save you guys from the the, the difficult <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, good thinking. Do you have anything for Betway? Anything to throw down there? Yeah, I guess uh, you could just take the under and be safe. Sure, I'll take the under. That's the safe one. Oh, take <laughs> under four and a half. That'll pay amazing. Easy. There you go. Well, I mean, you're taking one nothing. So if they can do under one and a half, that'd be. Could be massive. Uh, Jay, how about you? Uh, Betway prediction and score prediction. Well, I normally like to chase the juice, but you know what? They're going to be road dogs for sure because they're playing the best team in the league. Um, best home team too, I think, in the league. Yeah, so I think they only have like two losses be, at home. Yeah, so those will be quite, not well, not a heavy underdog, but they'll be paying plus money. Uh, so I might just, you know, they played, they played good enough to beat Boston last week. And I'm sure they're probably pissed off about that. I feel like they'll they'll come in and surprise them in Boston. But once again, I drink the Kool-Aid. Like you see my record on Owen every day. It all, <laughs> all of my bets include an Oilers win. And uh you know, they went through a little funky patch there. So my record is not that good. But uh yeah, I'm just gonna straight up go Oilers money line. And I think, yeah, low scoring game. If we beat Boston, it's a 
Uh, I'll go three, two, because we let, we let goals in. We do. That's what we do. It's our brand. All right. Okay. I'm going to take a four, two Oilers victory with an empty netter. And I'm going to be optimistic here that Evander Kane returns and he scores a goal. That's going to be my pick. Just going to the net, tapping. McDavid does all the hard work and uh, Evander Kane rewarded by doing the right things in this one. Uh, Jay, when do you guys head out on the old nation vacation? We leave bright and early on Friday. Okay. So you'll get watch the game. We board a plane to Toronto. And are you taking any of these guys with you? Uh, no, it'll be no. I th- yeah, just your Remchuk and Bag Milk are coming. Oh, okay, that's a good group right there. I mean, you know, the, the rest of the, the Oilers Nation crew will hold it down from Edmonton and we'll keep the content going. Uh, we'll be on immediately following that game. We'll be on Thursday as well. Uh, the Nation Vacation, powered by AMA Travel. Got to thank them. Got to thank uh, Betway, of course. Be 19 plus if you're 19 and under. Wait a year or two, bet responsibly, and of course, Cornerstone Insurance, uh, they present it, the good, the bad, the oily, how we start off every show. Uh, guys, great show tonight. I think we pretty much measured up to the Oilers' performance, got the job done. Thank you for hopping on. Uh, on behalf of Jay, Cam, Gavin, I'm Connor Halley, and we'll talk to you guys on Thursday after another hopeful Oilers win. Have a great night.